How's it going? So I have a question. This is just a, this is just a, what is wrong with the seats up here? Because it, is this like the splash zone? Do I spit a lot when I talk? Oh, Janina's sitting up front. Good for Janina. All right. There's something about that bar. It's like a barrier. It's like they feel safe back there. The Lord still works back there, people. Just so you know, you're not safe from the Holy Spirit back there. <clears throat> well, um, I don't know if, uh, if how many of you were here a few months ago, but um, I told a story about our Delaney who went off to college. And uh, she had called in the middle of the night, and she was not feeling well. It was kind of her first time being away at college and being sick. Um, well, a few weeks ago, I got a different kind of phone call from her in the middle of the night. Um, it was about 1.15 or so in the morning, and our phone rang. And <clears throat> I picked it up, and she was crying, which is pretty unusual for her. And um, she said, Mommy, there's a shooting at school. I'm hiding in the basement of the library right now, and we're waiting for the police to come get us out. <sighs> and I just kind of looked at my husband and said, what do we do? Like, that doesn't, you know, it's not in the what to expect when you're expecting book. And so we kind of looked at each other, and I, you know, fought the urge to immediately go get in my car and drive straight there. I said, well, honey, you know, um, do you want Daddy and I to come? What should we do? I'm, I'm not sure how to help, but I'll pray with you right now. So I prayed with her, and um, she said, well, my phone, it was very bizarre because her phone had died, and so when she was calling, she was calling on someone else's phone, a number I didn't recognize, and uh, she um, said, I can't talk much longer. It's not my phone. I need to give it back to them. She said, but I'll call you once we get out of the building and we get to, I can plug my phone in and everything. So um, what they ended up doing was taking them out of that room after the, the police cleared the library floor by four and they forgot about the basement. <laughs> so they waited for a little bit. It wasn't bad, but they waited for a little bit. And, and it was great because... Even in the midst of all that was happening, what we found out um, in the hours following everything was that there were two amazing things that um, God did in those moments to really show Delaney and us that he was with her. One was that um, when they were running the group on the bottom floor, they obviously couldn't go out the front doors. That's where he, the shooter was. Um, they ran down to the basement and there were male students that were pushing the female students ahead of them and they pushed them into the room and they stood around them um, they put all the girls in a corner and they stood around them and I thought that was beautiful and when they got in the room locked the door turned off the lights kind of sat there waiting um, there was one male student that was going from person to person praying with them and uh, I said who is that marry him <laughs> your dad and I would like to talk to him ASAP so um, anyway so she um, she called about three hours later she called about 4 or 4.30 and when she had called we immediately turned on the news it hadn't hit the news yet because it was literally occurring when she was calling so we kind of watched the story unfold on the news while we waited for her to call back and um, she called back took a long time for her to call back because when they evacuated the building, they took everybody into a different building and they held them for a little while, questioned them, got their stories, just all that kind of 
policey stuff that has to happen. And I watch uh, Law and Order, so I knew all about it. And so um, then she got back to her room. She called. She was still, you know, obviously upset. And uh, we prayed again with her. And I said, you know, do you want us to come? And she said, not yet. Um, so um, when I hung up, we just laid there, Matt and I, and we prayed together and kind of watched the news and prayed and watched the news. And um, and so she chose, I was ready to go get her, but she chose to stay. And the next morning I um, was driving and dropping kids and doing all the stuff. And I stopped by my friend Mary Jean's house. I just pulled up in her driveway and knocked on her door and said, help me, my baby, you know, what do you do? So we sat on her couch, I cried on her shoulder, and she prayed with me. I'll never forget that. Thank you. And um, through this whole experience, when, we, when she came home for Thanksgiving, it was like a totally different vibe. <laughs> I was like, I don't care if the placemats match. I don't care. <laughs> I just want you to be home. And so it was such a timely reminder to me that when I, rem- I, re- I said this the other day to some people. So if you've heard it before, just act surprised this time when you hear it. But um, I said to some people... Um, when we were standing holding our baby Delaney, our firstborn, on on uh, the platform at church, and they were praying for her, and we baptized her and said we were going to raise her in a godly home, um, I remember the feeling that that was of the responsibility that I had. But I also remember that what they said, what I realized in that moment was she was not mine. She was God's child, and I was accountable to God for how I raised her in his word. And this was a reminder of that. And so as I trans, you know, as I move into the marriage talk, I want to say a couple things that, that are helpful in those moments. One was just knowing God's word. You know, when Vicki talked about those little packs... You need to have God's word in front of you all the time. I can tell you that over and over again, he faithfully brought to mind verse after verse, not just for me, but when I was praying for Delaney, and she's eight hours away from me, and and all I wanted was to be there. What was more beautiful than that was that she has a Savior, and as much as I loved her and wanted to be there, he loves her even more. And so what connected us in those moments was him, his Holy Spirit, and the truth of his word. The other piece of that, as mommies, that we need to remember, and not all of you are in this season, so please just let me speak to the ones that are. It is so important that your marriage is a priority in your life. Because in those moments, those are like make-or-break moments for a lot of people. And when you are already in that with one another and you're caring for each other and you're on the same page and you've developed that great relationship it's really important and we're going to talk about that now so moving into the marriage by the way she's doing very well she came home for thanksgiving we had a great break i'm going to share a little exercise we did as a family at the end of this talk and she will be back home for christmas next week so i'm very very blessed but 
the uh, passage, the, the verse that Vicki shared, I'm going to read that, but I'm also going to read the verse that comes after it, and that's what we're going to focus on are those two verses. Um, 1 Timothy six eighteen and 19, it says, Command them to do good, uh, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. I love that. So... I want us to look at two things <clears throat> when we're talking about generosity. The first one, and this is all in your books, <clears throat> we have more opportunities to be generous with our spouse than anyone else. And the second thing is we must understand and embrace that in order to take hold of the life that is truly life. So here we go. Number one, we have more opportunities to be generous with our spouse than anyone else. Whenever I think about Christmas and all that that it entails, I remember back when I was first married and a lot of the stress and the tension and the frustration of the holiday season kind of, as I looked back, I realized that it was really due to myself overcommitting. And then I'd get mad at my husband because he couldn't see how tired I was. And it's kind of like, I think you did this to yourself, but... um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, I just had the illusion of... I would just somehow make everything match, and that's never happened. And when you have, just forget it, okay? I'm just telling you right now, forget it. Let it go. Nothing will ever match. You'll never have a full set of glasses, ever. It just won't happen. I'm just putting it out there. But what's interesting is that the more I looked back and I thought about why I would get stressed out, why I would be so irritable and agitated all the time during the holidays, it was because I had put myself in these insane positions where I was so exhausted. I had zero capacity to care about anything related to my marriage or my husband. Can I get a what, what? Yeah. So that is, in a nutshell, that is sin. Okay, when, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, God said, you can do all these things, but you can't do this one thing. And then Satan comes in and he, sa- he doesn't just say, oh, you should just do it. No, he says, this is in Genesis 3, uh, verse 4, he says, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of this fruit, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. There it is. He's... He, In that moment, he convinced them of something they really wanted for themselves. It wasn't about God. It wasn't about anything else. It wasn't doing the right thing. It was, oh, that's a good idea. And so that kind of is the the essence of our sin struggle. We want to be like God. We want to look like we have it all together. Please don't try to do that. It makes you so tired. Oh. Just let it go. Just, you know, if you're going to, if you need to lose it and cry here, trust me, you are in good company. This group, I know these people, and they are messes. (laughs) So this is where you need to be. And if you're all, if you have it all together, tell me what your secret is. Um, So I realized that I got so busy with the idea of what I thought it should be and how it should look that I had no enjoyment of what was really there right in front of me, my kids, all the blessings that I had, all the opportunities I had to serve. So really practically speaking, you need to sit down and make time 
to talk about your schedule and your expectations. I've talked about this before, but in the holidays, it's even more important to do this, to map out things. And if you've got little kids with bedtimes and all that, this is huge. This is very, very important. Also, we all have a picture in our mind of because of how we grew up, of what we think Christmas looks like and how it, what means Christmas to us. Well, your spouse has that same idea. They have different, you know, like my husband grew up where they ran around, like they were all together, there were five million of them, and they, were, they would hang out and the kids would just run around and like they'd just fall asleep on a floor somewhere while their parents were, you know, hanging out, playing games or whatever. Well, I grew up very structured, so there was no going to sleep on a floor. That excuse me, no, you know, it was, we're going to eat from eight to, you know, seven to eight. We leave on family trips at four in the morning and the car's already, I mean, it was just very different. So we had to really kind of merge our ideas of what that was, those ideas were. And so you guys need to do that with your husband. What, what does, you know, go out to dinner and say, what was Christmas like when you were a kid? What makes you happy about Christmas? What's special to you? Do you have things that we can do or include in our menu or not do that might so you've got to create your own traditions together because that's what you are you are your own family unit now okay so when you sit down and talk about your your calendar you talk about your calendar budget menu all the things that you think are important and then you need to if you guys really get stuck someone's got to give someone's got to give And let me tell you, here's the hard thing. It's hard to want to give, isn't it? It's hard to be the one that says, but I always give up. You know, I think the people in Haiti would be like, you know what? Just let the holiday ham go, okay? I think you'll be okay. So um, so we, we have to do this in order to embrace that life that is truly life. That's point number two. And I just loved the way they phrased that, or the way he wrote that. So what does that mean? That life that is truly life. What it means is that our hope and our security, everything about who we are, has to come first from Jesus Christ. Ladies, look up here. Our hope and our security, everything about who we are, doesn't come from who we are as a mommy. It doesn't come from who we marry. It comes from Jesus Christ. Do you understand? I'm going to tell you that we get that backwards all the time, and it's to our detriment, and it's to the detriment of our husbands and children when we put our hope and our identity in what our kids do or don't do or the schools they get into or don't get into. That's not what it's about. All right? So it's about Jesus first. This is a great verse. And set your minds and keep them set. This is from the Amplified Version. Set your minds and keep them set on what is above the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. For as far as this world is concerned, you've died. And your new real life, your new real life is hidden in Christ with God. That's from Colossians 3, 2, and 3. I love that. So your spouse is your primary ministry. Switch everything around. And sometimes it's unavoidable. You have sick kids, emergencies happen, things come up. But the the modus operandi in your home needs to be mommy and daddy. We come first. Our marriage, our relationship comes first. And kids need to understand that that's 
primary in your home. And believe me, it's good for kids to see it. Okay, I'm going to slide on through to discuss, just practically speaking, what to talk about when you're talking to your husband about these holidays and how to, to, how to make things work. And I know some of this seems like, oh, that's so simplistic or that everybody would know that. But honestly, if you don't make a priority, this stuff, you don't just automatically know what your calendar is going to look like. Do you? Do you know, like, who does what on what day? I don't. We have to sit down every week and write down who's picking up who, when, and how was, you know, because it gets chaotic. So, basic stuff. Which parties will you attend? Are you bringing your kids to those parties? How long will you stay? And remember, I think I talked about this before. When you bring kids into a Christmas party, you have to pre-decide as a couple what you're going to do and when you're going to leave. And here's what we do as parents. We're at the party. We're having a great time. Everything's going great. The kids are happy. We're like, we're going to, no, they're fine. Look how happy they are. So what we do is we wait till our kids completely melt down, and they're beating each other on the head with the Legos, and then we drag them out, and now we're mad. They're screaming as we force them into their car seats, and that's Christmas, (laughs) right? Okay, so what we have to do is be self-disciplined enough that when we get to that party and we say, okay, we got to leave here at 830, we leave at 830. Our kids are happy. And they're still happy, and we drive them home. And they might be a little bit sad, but they need to know going in, that's when we're leaving. And you got to keep your word because that's what you've told your kids. And trust me, it's way better in the long run. What things are you committed to? Are you having companies stay with you? What will that look like? Who's taking care of what? Is it your family or is it your husband's family? How much is expected of you if it's in-laws? All those things. And then... What helps him? What means a lot to him? Matt is a big act of service. Like if you've ever done the love languages thing, he loves acts of service. I love presents. So I'm always like writing him notes and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, you get in his car and they're laying on the floor of his car. And you're like, oh, that's beautiful. Uh, And then he's like, but I fixed your tire. And I'm kind of like, I can't wear that. So we're still working on that, but we're getting there. So anyway, so then the other thing is, as you look at your whole month, you need to block out big sections of time for you guys. Just look at your calendar in advance and mark those days out. Because trust me, you'll fill the time. So fill it with your family. I'm going to skip through the budget section. You guys are smart enough to be able to read that. But I just want to say one thing about budget. Okay, two things. One thing is keep your budget. All right? This is really huge, and we joke about it culturally, but if you want to honor your husband, you set a budget and you keep to that budget. A lot of times we put them under immense amounts of pressure because we don't do that. And then we just laugh about it and say, well, we just don't show them the credit card statements. Well, they don't just go away. Okay, they eventually come due, so honor him in that way. All right, so I'm going to slide on through, and I'm going to go to the final little section. And that is the final challenge is you'll read about these things um, in the, the beautiful devotional that my friend Leslie wrote this month. Um, she talks about doing random acts of kindness. And what I wanted to encourage you guys to do is do random acts of kindness for your husband. If I know that Matt's love language is acts of service, then I'm going to intentionally plan on 
blessing him in some way that I know is meaningful to him. Like if I iron, he like thinks it's Christmas. So, and it is because he hasn't seen those shirts for a year. So, so like that's a big deal. So it's like Merry Christmas, iron this. He doesn't even remember it. I'm like, and I bought it. So, um, anyway, but lastly, I wanted to say that as we sat around our dining table this Thanksgiving, my mom and dad were with us and, um, I watch how well they love one another. And so this year we did an idea where we had these little like chalkboard placemat things and I wrote everybody's name on the front. And then I said, Throughout the day, I kind of told everybody, throughout Thanksgiving Day, I just want you to take each person's placemat, turn it over, and write them a note. And don't read everybody else's, just write yours, and then I'll tell you what we're going to do with it later. So throughout the day, everybody kind of went to the dining table and wrote their little notes and turned it back over. And then we sat down, and I had everybody pass their placemat to the person on the left, and we read what everybody wrote. Some, like, so my mom ended up reading all the notes to me that my kids and my dad and husband had written to me. And it was powerful and beautiful. But I wanted to read what my dad wrote to my mom, to you. <clears throat> it says, 61 years, three months, two weeks, four days, seven hours. I love you. That's how you love your spouse. That's how you're generous with your spouse, that that man sat there and figured that out. And let me tell you about a man that loves a woman well. Right, Maria? (laughs) She's like my sister that I never had. She just had dinner with my parents. Um, That's generosity. That's what matters more than your tree. All, All that stuff doesn't matter. That's what matters is loving your spouse well and letting your kids see it and being generous in that way. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this topic so that it opens our eyes to new ways to love you. And by loving you the way you've called us to, you give us the strength, the courage, the wisdom, and the energy to love others well. Lord Jesus, we give you our marriages. We give you our husbands, and we trust you with them, knowing that as much as we love them, We know you love them even more. Do your work in us, Father. Change us. In your name we pray. Amen.